0: Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise from today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guests by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. At Content Allies, we turn you and your organization into industry thought leaders. We interview you and your leadership team and then turn those interviews into articles, White papers, videos, podcasts, and social content. Learn more and say hello at ContentAllies.com. All right, so, Coral, thank you for being on the show. Uh, for everyone that doesn't know who you are and what Harvest is, can you share a bit more with us?
1: Sure. Um, my name is Coral, I'm uh, the marketing lead at Harvest. Harvest is a technology company. Uh, we've been around for over 10 years. And our mission is to uh, enable people and companies to work smarter. So we have two main tools. The um, tool that we're most known for is actually called Harvest. And it's a time tracking tool uh, for agencies or for consultants or freelancers uh, who need to track and potentially build their time, create invoices for clients, etc. And then our second tool is called Forecast. And and it's a project management tool to schedule out your team's time for the future. So we like to think on the continuum of time, Harvest uh, looks at the current and looks at the past, and then Forecast looks at the future.
0: Nice. That's awesome. And I guess how long have you been with Harvest? And um, what, I guess, what was was your path, I guess, to get to this spot or working with them now?
1: Sure. Um, I've been at Harvest for about nine months. I started in April. Um, I have actually known Harvest for a really long time. (laughs) So uh, I used to live in North Carolina. Um, Shortly after getting my master's, I uh, moved back home to North Carolina and worked at an agency, ROI Revolution. Um, And Harvest was actually one of my clients for uh, paid search management. So I became very close with the marketing team, um, was always enamored by Harvest as being part of this uh, cool company in New York um, and after a few years of working at the agency in North Carolina, and moved up to New York where Harvest is based um, but unfortunately I had a non-compete so I wasn't able to work for Harvest but um, worked at a couple other companies uh, Scorespace, you might have heard of JustWorks um, and uh, when I decided to leave JustWorks, I reached out to Harvest to see if you know there was any opportunities um, and started working for them uh, last
0: April. Nice. That's that's awesome. And um, and so I'm curious, I guess, just with your journey, I guess, how have you ended up in most of the job positions that you've gotten into? Um, was it primarily through networking, or how, how did your career take this path? And how did you end up getting into each of these positions?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say primarily through networking. Um, I. After I finished my master's in 2009, I went to volunteer in Africa, um, and I was just there for a month. Unfortunately, I had an emergency and had to leave, but I came back um, in August of 2009, kind of at the height of the recession (laughs) and not having much experience outside of a master's. Um, So... Um, I w- applied and was able to get a, in a really great role at ROI Revolution, which is a great agency. I would highly recommend them. Um, but from there, building my network from there, I think uh, my other positions have been um, through uh, network and, and mentors along the way.
0: Nice. That's um, that's incredible. And so with, I guess, the current I guess, with your current role at Harvest, you know, marketing lead, I guess, what all do your responsibilities entail there?
1: So marketing at Harvest, we are a very small team. I think um, in the last year, we've grown from one person to three people, and that has pretty dramatically changed what marketing means to Harvest. We are very acquisition-focused. We care deeply about the brand, and we're a very collaborative company. Um, But marketing at Harvest is maybe compared to other companies or My other roles in the past is probably less defined um, in terms of uh, what are our responsibilities versus maybe other departments in the company.
0: Okay, because yeah, previously at Squarespace, I believe you, if I looked at your position, you were in performance marketing, is that right? Or what did your role look like at Squarespace?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So at Squarespace, we were a pretty large marketing team, I think at the height, maybe around 15 or 20 people. Um, And my team was... um, uh, primarily focused on performance marketing and specifically on paid search, paid social, and mixed media.
0: Okay. And so I'm curious, like, what when you were, like, let's, like, jump back, actually, to Squarespace for a second. Like, when you were doing that, f- like, focused on um, performance, paid social, like, what did your, like, what did that actually entail? Were you running those campaigns, doing that yourself? Were you managing contractors? Like, how did you guys actually delegate those? Or as a performance marketing manager, I guess, what did your full responsibilities, your actual workday look like?
1: Sure. So um, my team and I um, relied on our uh, Google contacts, but we didn't have any external agencies. Um, so we were running the campaigns ourselves in paid search as well as in paid social. And of course, we had a Facebook contact and a Twitter contact. Um, and then on mixed media, it was very one-on-one building relationships with um, influencers in the space or in the vertical that we were um advertising in and um working out um advertising opportunities such as a a sponsored post or image ads on the blog for example specifically with those publishers okay so it's very in the um very in the nitty-gritty
0: Nice. so yeah really in the weeds kind of actually running managing a lot of that Um, Mm -hmm. it sounds like you guys handle most of that in-house as well yeah nice um And then so you said now, I guess, at Harvest, it's a little bit less defined. And so I guess, yeah, I guess how does that, I guess, what does that look like? Are you consistently jumping from like branding to growth or to advertising? Like what, what does some of your like day-to-day tasks look like at Harvest?
1: Sure. So, um, currently we're, we're focused on growth. So it's a lot of advertising, um, I don't think there's ever a lack of brand or a focus, a lack of, um, focus on brand at Harvest, just kind of really well integrated into everything we do. Um, but I would say when I started last year, so the marketing team had grown from one person to three, and we, um, had to go through a bit of a, a kind of foundational phase where we, um, talked about what marketing is at Harvest and what our objectives are, what our goals are. Um, what our principles are. Um, So after working through that for a few months and kind of laying down the foundation, now we're able to build uh, the machine, if you will, on top of that. Um, So currently focused on growth and and building growth machines. So for example, with paid search, we've um, worked with an agency for a couple of years now and uh, paid search runs. I mean, of course the agency is doing the bulk of the work, but it's, it's something that takes minimal maintenance for us. Um, and uh, is able to reliably generate us trials every month. Um, and so we're working on creating more of those machines via uh, other advertising channels.
0: Nice, so you guys have, I guess, paid search as one medium. And like you said, you, you built it into a machine where you as the marketing team doesn't need to handle it that much right now. Um, I guess, what are some of those other machines that you guys are trying to build or in the pipeline?
1: Yeah, so we've, we've, we've done a lot of testing Um, Another thing that we worked on in our foundation was building out our data foundation, which was really important. So, um, we are now able to see the impact of everything that we do, um, from like channels or, um, from the type of customers that we're getting, um, our activity on the site. Um, so although we've tested several channels in the past, we are uh, going back and, and retesting a lot of things. So, um, uh, some channels that we're exploring are, your, you know, your Facebook and your LinkedIn, maybe Twitter. Um, we're exploring some mixed media opportunities, so uh, looking at the deck, um, looking at potentially ads on uh, Pocket, on the, the read- reading app, um, and some other mixed media opportunities, um, maybe email sponsorships, things of that nature.
0: Okay, nice. And and data was one thing I was actually wanting to ask because you you mentioned that in your LinkedIn and just on your site that you're very data-driven focused on that. And so, yeah, I'm curious, I guess, how, you know, I guess, first of all, I'm curious, yeah, I guess, how you guys actually went about setting all that up to get that data and then how you make meaningful decisions from all that. Because I know you can have data, but also it can be overwhelming to have so much marketing data. So how you actually distill useful and and, uh, insights from all the noise that can come with that as well.
1: Yeah, definitely a good question. Um, So at Harvest, we had all of the data available. The the piece that the Data Foundation worked to solve was uh, making it easily accessible for marketing and and quickly bubbling up those KPIs. Um, So we track a lot of metrics. I'm not (laughs) sure how many it is, but it's close to the 100 range, if not above. Um, But there's only a few... Uh, key metrics, which we keep a really close eye on, and then we have some assisted metri- metrics that um, help to, to fill in the, the rest of the story if, if there's something that we want to drill in further. So, for example, um, at marketing, we look at uh, new users from new paid So, um, at a company level, we might look at net new users, which is uh, taking into consideration all the new users we've acquired, which could be from a new paid, It could be from a company growing and upgrading their account. Um, It could be from a company that uh, had put their account on hold but reactivated. And then Net New User also, of course, includes churn companies and users that have left. Um, But in marketing, with only focusing on new users from new paid, we're looking at the um, impact that our trials have had on our new paid, and then the trial to paid rate specifically. So we're able to cut through a little bit of the noise that way.
0: Nice. So yeah, kind of segmenting it out and, and then that, that gives you kind of, I guess you're able to use that information to see how much it's actually working with marketing versus customer success or anything along those lines to actually kind of see where your efforts are producing results.
1: Yeah. Yep. I think, um, data and marketing is, is really interesting because marketing can and does impact the entire funnel. Um, which makes it all the more important to focus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, being able to pull the the one or two or maybe three KPIs are kind of the bottom line most important to marketing, and knowing how they relate to the company's bottom uh, most important metrics is key.
0: Yeah, and then I'm curious. So with uh, how Harvest is structured, you know, you also mentioned you know you guys get growth from companies growing, hiring, bringing on new people. Um, what does that look like in terms of um, how you guys are structured? Are you, As marketing, are you also responsible for marketing to existing clients? Do you guys have a separate customer success department that does that? Um, what, what does that look like in terms of, I guess, keeping current clients happy?
1: Uh, good question. So I would say that's really collaborative. Um, if I had to say one department that owned that churn metric or um, maybe a um, – Oh, I can't think of what it's called. Uh, NPS, one one department that owns NPS, it would be product. Mm-hmm. Um, but marketing and support are pretty collaborative with churn and NPS and ensuring that our customers are happy.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So it's something that at that point, it kind of becomes almost company wide to not just marketing, but yeah, like you said, the support team or anything like that in terms of making sure that and the product team making sure that they're getting the updates they need or the fixes that they need or anything like that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. And then, so, um, you know, you mentioned, uh, I guess, you know, paid traffic is one way, one channel that's become a marketing machine for you guys. Um, what else has been effective for growing harvest? Like how has it gotten to the point where it is because, uh, it has great word of mouth awareness because when I was looking for a time tracking tool, basically everyone just pointed me to Harvest. So like the industry is already working in your guys' favor in that sense. But I'm curious how it got to that point where it has um, become a tool that's so well known in everything already.
1: That's so great to hear. Thank you for sharing. Um, Yeah, word of mouth is huge and that's really difficult to describe and I unfortunately don't have a process to tell you about as Harvest has grown. Um, I think it comes down to well a few things one the product is is really really great and people enjoy it and they're passionate about it and they're therefore they share um and the people at harvest are really great and i think that shows um not only in the product but also in our messaging and our branding we're um very honest very transparent and uh, try to do the best thing we can for our customers
0: nice that's um that's awesome And, and then i guess you know i think the word of mouth is degree It's definitely probably taking you guys very far Um, Have you done any forms of content marketing or any other avenues that you guys have done major pushes behind in the past?
1: Uh, We've done a few kind of, I like to call them out of the box (laughs) things. So we've um, dabbled in content a little bit last year and we'll probably be doing more so this year, Um, but we haven't really gone the traditional B2B content marketing route so we have a, a series of, of pieces of content which we call Almanac and we have a newsletter which we send out occasionally called Almanac, um, the Almanac, where we, we feature either great articles around the web that we've um, read or articles that we've researched and written or articles um, maybe about our customers. That's all about working smarter. And whatever working smarter might mean. <laughs> um, we are, are also focusing on our um, product manager audience and project managers. Uh, we feel there's a lot of project managers, obviously, but are wondering if they are able to um, collaborate and communicate and, and even vent if there's a space for them. Um, so we're, we're testing out some um, uh, some content specifically tailored to project managers. Uh, and then something else we did last year, which was really great, we held a, um, a very small intimate event actually for our customers, um, which we called Almanac Live, uh, which was all about working smarter. We had a series of speakers, we had a lot of time to mingle and get to meet our customers and, and really uh, helped to grow the community with, um, within our customers.
0: Nice. That's incredible. I love that. And Thanks. I imagine that that all encourages word of mouth when you have customers that engage to come out to a live event for you guys. Absolutely. We hope so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and then I'm curious, you know, with, you know, the, the kind of focused audience and everything that you have with product managers or project managers, um, have you ever done any sort of like outreach or, you know, emails to try to get in front of those kinds of people or taken tried that tactic at all?
1: For emails. So we are, um, I'd say we're pretty conservative on emails. Um, we have a pretty light drip campaign, which goes out to all of our trialers. Uh, we have Almanac Newsletter, which I mentioned, and we have occasional product updates, which go out to our customers. Uh, we have not segmented directly for project managers. Um, and That might be something we'll explore in the future, but I think we're we're very, very focused on the quality of content and ensuring that the experience for the receiving end of that email is, is going to be worth our time opening it. Uh, So we're more focused on uh, generating that quality content versus um, sending um, three emails a week to XYZ audience.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, the the quality over quantity definitely definitely goes a long way. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then, have you guys done anything with in terms of PR as a way to uh, generate opportunities or anything along those lines?
1: So we have gotten a fair amount of organic PR, which is which is great. We really appreciate it. Uh, we honestly don't do a lot of PR outreach on our end. Um, kind of going back to the uh, quality over quantity, we're we're more focused on um, producing um, campaigns, or I don't know if you would call PR a campaign, but but producing campaigns that that feel in content that feel true to us. Um, so while. PR might come organically from our product releases or updates or even our new product. It's not something that we uh, spend a lot of time doing outreach for and creating stories for the press.
0: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I guess, you know, you also mentioned kind of just uh, how you spend a good portion of the year focusing on objectives and principles and everything. Um, I'm curious if you could maybe just share more, I guess, about that planning process. Like, what did you guys go through? Like what was the end results of this? Like, what does that look like? Cause I know a lot of people just start looking for growth, but it seems like you guys did a lot of thinking on the front end before just diving in.
1: Yeah, so one, one thing that is, uh, I think is extremely important, especially for marketing where you can be doing a thousand things at all times and are usually getting pulled in a lot of directions <laughs> is to have alignment with the stakeholders. Um, so in this case, stakeholders would be marketing as well as uh, the company leads and founders. Um, and in order to get alignment on, on anything, any project that marketing is working on, we first need to know, understand the why, why are we here? What purpose are we serving at Harvest? Um, why wouldn't we do something? Why would we do something? Uh, A lot of that kind of fluffy marketing, I'd say, (laughs) uh, it's kind of hard to articulate, but, um, the end result was basically an internal blog post to the, the, for the rest of the company, about our foundation, as we call it, um, about our mission, about our principles, um, and about our current challenges and how they were guiding us towards our uh, the projects that we work on then and the projects that were coming up. Uh, how we did it was was just through a lot of talking, a lot of wordsmithing. Um, nice. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of talking to find alignment.
0: Nice. And then I, I'm curious, you know, once you kind of define that mission and define those principles. I guess, how do you use those and reinforce those on a regular basis within the company? Is that something where you guys revisit them regularly or how do you actually make sure that, you know, those don't just become a document that sits somewhere and you forget about, how do you actually make sure that that's something that gets used?
1: Yeah, that's definitely a fear. That is something that will just kind of sit somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, So a few ways. One in our um, projects, uh, to kind of kick off a project, we, we try to have... Uh, incorporate first principles and have an informal first principles decision. Or we go, we uh, kind of go to a whiteboard, say a virtual whiteboard, and think about the project in a completely blank slate and think about why we're doing the project um, and almost come up with really wacky ideas as if there were no limitations to what we were doing whatsoever. Uh, kind of get their creative juices flowing and to really nail down what the the first principles are for that project um, i think that in itself helps us get back to our roots and our our marketing foundation um, and those uh that first principle or those first principles for that respective project live on every project doc that we have um, and then we also as a company write uh, quarterly reviews for uh the rest of the company kind of like what marketing has been doing um what's coming up uh what's coming up next what do the numbers look like why do they look like this uh so through that quarterly review as well it allows us um it gives us some space to reflect on the quarter. um and because our marketing challenges and what we're currently working on are tied into our foundation we um also reflect back on uh um, on our foundation and our principles while writing the quarterly
0: yes that makes sense and so I'm curious, when you, you talk about the uh, using the principles for a specific project, could you maybe like share or, like, what one of those principles is and how that ties into a project? I'm just curious to see how that you guys make that connection.
1: Sure. Um, so we're undergoing some uh, work on our website. So for example, we, uh, we currently have a page called the tour page. Um, prior to our tour page and the, the prior version of our site, we had a features page. Uh, and this is something that we're revisiting as... Um, uh, something that we, we kind of like to do the third iteration on. So we went back to, as our, our white boy does, I'll say, <laughs> and thought about what is what is a tour or a features page? What purpose is it serving? Why uh, do features get a section separate from all other sections on our site? And um, what is the experience that someone should have Um, like who are they when they go to this page? What is the experience they should have on the page? And what is the sentiment they should walk away with? Or what is it that they should learn from that page? Um, what we, what we learned from that is, uh, we want to answer, uh, our, we, we want to answer the problem or solve the problem that the person came to the site with. So if someone, um, needed to track time, this is a really simple example, but if someone needed to track time and they're looking for a, a time tracking app for their team and they come to Harvest um, through the feature slash tour page, we want to communicate that we can solve their problem of, of needing a time tracking app, or maybe it's invoicing or reporting or um, learning what their team is working on or measuring opportunity costs, et
0: cetera. Okay, and then I guess how, what was the principles that you guys are tied into this project?
1: So the principle was that the reason that we have the features page is to to like solve the um, the problem that the person is coming to this to the that page with. Okay. So um, instead of you know a traditional features page where you, you might have a list of all of your features or you might talk uh, very heavily about your features and, and kind of showcase the product or versus our tour page as it stands where we talk a lot about the benefits, um, but but there's not necessarily. Um, a, a story arc, um, the goal of, of the next iteration is, is to organize information around solving the problem. So the way we talk about our features, what we show, we, we really want to um, show how we're solving this particular problem.
0: Nice. Yeah. And that's and having that principle a guide that helps keep you guys from making the mistakes, because otherwise you could easily open up this project and just make the list of features. But by putting it in the lens of that principle, you begin to, begin to approach the project in a new way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Nice. I love that. That's super uh, awesome to see how you guys handle that. Great. Uh, it takes you. some of the fluffy stuff and makes it uh, concrete. So. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, and another thing you mentioned uh, just before we hopped on here is that uh, Harvest is also a remote team. And so I'm curious, I guess, what that looks like, uh, how much of the marketing team is remote, and then how you guys actually communicate and get things done with being, you know, dispersed all over.
1: Sure. So I actually have kind of an interesting story here because, um, when I started at harvest in April, I was living in New York and I moved to Philadelphia in June. So I've actually been on both sides of the coin in the office and remote. Um, and my team is, um, all in New York. Um, however, harvest has always been a remote company. So, uh, being a remote person and transitioning into being remote was was very seamless and the way harvest communicates is um uh, everyone is considered to be remote um so if you talk to uh, whenever we have a meeting we'll use google hangout and our webcams of course um but every single person even if they're uh, in the office together in new york will go to a separate conference room so it's just like everyone is is remote um, we use Slack heavily, as I'm sure <laughs> most companies do, and we communicate very heavily uh, in Slack. Um, and another interesting thing that we do is we don't really use email that much. I maybe, I maybe get one or two emails a day from like an internal email from a harvester. The majority of our communication is, is on Slack or in Trello.
0: Nice. And do you guys use, so is Trello kind of how you do a lot of project management then, or what do you guys use Trello for?
1: Yep. Yep. We use Trello very heavily for project management. Um, we use it to keep, uh, kind of a log of our ideas. We have, um, a column for reference cards, like interesting learnings, interesting articles, um, maybe some stats that we update every month or every quarter.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I, I sometimes try to remember what the world was like before Slack, and it's hard to remember because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it's just changed yeah. how we work so much so quickly.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Nice. Um, and is there ever any challenges? I guess from the remote side of it, or any like things that you ever come up with that makes it hard?
1: It's. I think it's very individual. Like uh, I know some of my coworkers work in a co-working space, um, whereas I am at home. So. There could be some challenges if, if you don't want to be at home all day, or um, if you prefer to be in a co-working space, but that's not an option available to you. I honestly don't have that many challenges working remotely with Harvest. We are very, very flexible. So maybe in a more rigid environment, it, it might, might be challenging. Um, but I will say that Harvest, and maybe this is why it's not very challenging, Harvest is really great at over-communicating. So we all keep in touch. Um on slack we we um actually send this is one case where we use email. we'll send out a schedule email if if we have to the whole company if we have a doctor's appointment or when we're going on vacation or whatever the case may be. Um, so it's always clear who's in the office and who's around and who's not.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that's um, that's awesome. Um, and then I'm curious you know so what does the the future hold for harvest I guess we're are you guys trying to take this in the coming years or what are you trying, you know, what's the big works in the plans or what's the goal there?
1: Oh, good question. Um, I think we, we want to keep trucking along. (laughs) We, uh, we launched forecast a couple years ago, so I, um, we will continue improving heavily in forecast as well as, as making harvest, uh, time tracking better and better. Um, and we're working on, on making the experience between those two products as seamless as possible. Um, I think there will be some iterations on the branding of both of those products and making the brand side um, a more seamless experience as well. Uh, But no, you know, groundbreaking, earth-shaking things in the works right now. We're just, um, yeah, keep trucking along, (laughs) keep doing what we do. Nice.
0: That's awesome. And then um, I guess any words of wisdom for other people who are building up their marketing careers, trying to, figure out the path or get to you know a spot like where you're at, where you're really happy at an awesome company with a great position? Any words of wisdom for people coming up that journey?
1: Um, sure. Let's see. Where do I begin? <laughs> uh, I would um, do something that you love. I really love marketing. I, I, I love acquisition marketing and data, which I know is a bit odd. Um, learn as much as you can, but try not to be overwhelmed. There's a ton of Uh, stuff to learn about I think my uh, in my journey the opportunity to work at ROI the agency and and, uh, become a paid search expert kind of set me apart um, as I was looking uh, to the next opportunity when I moved to New York so um, if there's a place where you can carve out a competitive advantage for yourself that's helpful although uh, being a generalist is is great as well Um, and I think something really important for marketing in general is marketing for every company is different. Not only what marketing means to that company, but how to market for that company. So there's definitely not a, a one-size-fits-all marketing plan.
0: Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I think that's, it's easy for to read a blog post and think, oh, this must be the solution for everything. But I think, um, as you guys probably found with a lot of your planning, it's a matter of figuring out what's right for you and what's right for Harvest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and also I'm curious, you know, for anyone out there who, you know, as you're running marketing at a growing software company, um, you're probably the target of a lot of people that want to sell you services or try to get in the door. And curious what that looks like for you and how you even react when people are trying to reach out to you and offer something new or trying to get you to sign up for something.
1: So I'm a little bit harsh about not responding to auto-generated email. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you're that person that's reaching out to me, try to make it personalized (laughs) or else I won't respond. Um, For the marketer that's getting all of those emails, I try to use a filter of ignoring, unless it's something that I'm already looking for. So um, there's tons of, of great products and opportunities. And even within marketing You can be doing a thousand different things and testing a thousand different things, but one of the most important uh, uh, things to lead to success in marketing is to have focus. So if you're getting, um, you know, 50 emails a day about all these exciting new products and and advertising opportunities, if it's not something that's going to meet the goal.
0: Now, that's great advice. Yeah, just kind of using your goals again as the lens to stay focused on everything and cut through all that noise because I imagine Mm -hmm. it can be quite a a bit at times yes 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 it can nice awesome well um, Coral I guess then for everyone out there who wants to find out more about Harvest and what you guys are doing where should they go to check that out online
1: yeah we are at getharvest.com
0: awesome Um, well thank you very much for sharing all this with us Uh, phenomenal interview and a lot of valuable stuff in here so I appreciate you taking the time
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find links and show notes from today's episode at leadersofb2b.com.